your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Wait, what? Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. Hello, callers. This is We Will Call You Back. Look, it egg on our face again. Last time we said we were going to try and get better and not miss miss your guys' calls so much, but it happened again. And we're sorry. Izzy, are you sorry? I'm so sorry. She looked really sincere, just so you know. <laughs> but we're going to try and make it right. We have your the messages you left us. Some people wrote in, some called in. And we're going to get back to you. Um, hopefully that makes you feel better. Hopefully that rectifies, vindicates? What's the word? Vindicates. Vindicates? Yeah. Vindicates. J- Michael Jordan said, I feel very vindicated when he beat the Pistons in uh, the finals when the year before he got beat. Does that fit? Does the word vindicate v- beat fit? Does the word vindicate <laughs> fit? No, actually. Rectify. Rectify. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's a verb. I said... So what's the first message, Izzy? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. You want to jump right into that? I mean, I think we've proven that pre-message banter <laughs> leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, so we're starting off light. The first person that messaged us uh, named Brendan. Yuri? Thank God it's not Brendan Yuri. Oh. <laughs> My burning question is related to the name. What is y'all's opinion on jo- joke voicemails? For example, I used to have mine sound like I already answered to call and made small talk for about one to two minutes before revealing that it was actually my voicemail. Have a great day. Love y'all. Stay frosty. Thanks, well, Brendan. What was it? Brendan? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan, for calling. We're so sorry. We missed it. Um, I have... I don't, I've never had it, although when you started talking, you saw I pulled out my phone. I have a recording on my phone of me falling for someone else's voicemail doing exactly that. Really? Doing the, hey, no, what's up? What are you doing? I can't actually right now, like that kind of voicemail. I have a recording of me falling for it in on August 4th, 2018. Damn. You ready? People saying, hello? That was the fucking voicemail, wasn't it? God damn it. <laughs> That's good, right? That is really funny. <laughs> What's your what's your opinion on them? I remember the very first time I encountered encountered one of those, uh-huh. um, and I thought it was like peak comedy. I was like, that's the funniest thing that anybody could ever do. Um, and I had one for a while back when I was like in middle school. What was yours? It was just like the same thing of you know it rings. You say hello, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm busy right now. And you, like, keep just saying stupid things so that the other person, like, continues to talk. Um, And then it just, like, ends the line and goes to voicemail. Um, So I did think it was funny. I had that for a while. And people, like, my mom, my dad, my family hated it. Like, people that were in your life hated you if you had one of those. Yeah, no, whenever I fell for it, it hurt my feelings. Yeah. I felt duped. I had a... um... There is an in an episode of Friends, someone leaves a message for Joey and Chandler, and you can hear their outgoing voicemail is Joey going, um, here comes the beat, you know what to do. And I thought that was so fucking sassy and cool. So I made my voicemail that on my first cell phone. And so all my voicemails from my brothers and my family and everything 
would start with like you have to change that voicemail it makes me want to like hit you that's not my mom and dad that's my brother saying that <laughs> but my mom and dad would be like you have to that's change what my that. dad said though oh okay that's starting out light <laughs> so yeah i felt really cool for doing that but it was in my little like sixth grader seventh grader voice yeah it wasn't eighth grade i got my phone i think it was seventh seventh or eighth grade which made my brothers mad because they got their phones eighth grade graduation and I got it early. Yeah. Same with my Facebook account. I got it early. Because I'm special. Because I'm the favorite. I had a MySpace. I never had a MySpace. I had a MySpace. Was it good? Yeah. I loved MySpace. If I had to, like, pick a tier of best social media, like, websites, MySpace is at least number two. And number one To this is... day. Probably Tumblr. I, I think it's say. number one Tumblr and then MySpace. I like TikTok. And then the rest of them are just like, whatever. MySpace like was... So, we're off topic, but MySpace was great. Tumblr. If you had a MySpace, MySpace was great. I still like Tumblr. I do At too. least I s- still feel connected to my opinion of when I had a Tumblr. Yeah. I had. I had a couple. I had um, Oh Captain My Captain, which it was like my... When I was in my scene emo phase... Um, and so it was all stuff like that. that was I kinda... have to, are your tumblers still active because people will find your tumblers? Let's and... find out. <laughs> Let's find out. I don't think so. I don't think any of them, uh, oh, one of them might still be active actually. So yeah, you have to be okay with people looking into high school Jack's brain. No, the, no. Oh, oh, it was, I saw something in there. It doesn't look like it. Oh. Oh, Captain, my captain deactivated. So that's coming up somewhere in the search results. Anyway, that was one that was, and then there was one that was like a, um, like a woodland, like a very like hippy dippy kind of vibe when I was getting, when I was in high school and I was getting real into benzos and I would take Xanax and go on hikes and listen to teen suicide. And so I had a, like a, a nature, I like, but like also like indie, like, grunge but nature so like crystals and stuff but like smoking cigarettes near a creek oh my god i know exactly what you're talking about yeah that's the other one and then i had um the one that might still be active was just like funny stuff mm-hmm. it was just memes yeah all my tumblers are still active so i'm not gonna talk about my <laughs> you're not gonna out yourself yeah, like that absolutely not that's good yeah you know i had a friend uh back to voicemails i had a friend whose um take on the joke voicemail was like 10 minutes long i don't know how they did this um because i'm pretty sure voicemails had a limit but maybe they like jailbroke their phone or something um because i was popular when i was in high school but they recorded their outgoing voicemail while riding their bike home from school and it was like a 10 minute bike ride and so they would ring it would ring and then it would click over the voicemail and then it would be my friend writing, like, out of breath, just ranting for 10 minutes straight. Never got a voicemail. Everyone just hung up because they're not going to sit there and listen to that rant for 10 minutes. That's that's pretty good, too. Yeah. That's pretty good. 10 minutes I've had your breathing. I think if, like, nowadays people had voicemails like that, I think it would still make me, like, smile and laugh. I, <laughs> I've never been, like, upset about having a voicemail like that you don't take it personally no i don't i have a sense of humor i'm you know i'm pretty (laughs) cool and quirky so i just get it but i take it to heart i think we should like bring it back my my plan for the voicemail goes out the window (laughs) it clicks over i was like you think i'm fucking stupid (laughs) anyway grandma's in the hospital call me back (laughs) that's funny it's whatever i got jokes 
Is that your final thoughts on joke voicemails? I think that's all. I think that's everything I know. Yeah, me too. What's the origin of a voicemail? What do you mean? Who invented it? Who invented the voicemail? Yes. This would be important. This would be a good moment for us to be one of those high production value podcasts that have a producer named Riley or to step J- in Jared. Like, yeah. So we'd be like, hey, could you? Hey, look we up- know a Jared. We'd, yeah, but I don't think he would be our pro- podcast producer. I don't know, maybe. He has a full time job. <laughs> And he's, I don't think he knows anything about <laughs> tech or audio or like, just complete, other than his name, nothing in common. I forgot we were doing a podcast right now. That was just me and you. <laughs> hey, that's kind of what we're going for. Gotta get, gotta get you that loose. Yeah. It's so loose you talk about Jared. <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm going to tell Dominic, I'm going to tell Dominic, listen to this episode. We talk about your boyfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. What next message? Yeah, you didn't finish your thought. I interrupted you, but dude, yeah. I didn't have a thought. Okay. Um, do we do we have a sign off? I feel like we have a. We, there's supposed to be a. There's supposed to be. Anyway, Zibba, thanks for your call. Hopefully, we called you back. No, no, that's not what it is. I gotta figure. We gotta figure out the little little. We gotta be catchy, with the like the end of responding to a message. It was so good to hear from you, or... Oh, it was so good to hear from you. Keep it coming. It was so good to hear from you. Call back soon. Call back soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then there's a, a musical bumper. <laughs> Alright, so we're working on that? <laughs> okay, this is another super, like, lighthearted one. And we got two messages like this with this question... Um, so I'm just going to read Hannah's, but you'll recognize if you also sent a similar question. Hannah says, I need some not lame holiday gift ideas, preferably romantic. Y'all seem both cool and in love, so maybe you can help me out. I thought this would be a good one for us because mm-hmm. I think we give good gifts mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah. I think I'm struggling a little bit this this year. That's hurtful because I've made multiple lists i'm i'm plenty of things i'm hearing i'm hearing stuff and i'm logging it away and there's a couple right there you can see them mm-hmm. they're wrapped she can't see them see them but they're over there they're, I used... are, they're, they're, they're little but as far as like bigger ones i'm a little bit i'm a little bit shaky at the moment but i'm, I'm figuring it out yeah i'm in cahoots okay cool i think for a really long time i thought i gave bad gifts because i have a lot of anxiety around gift giving and i'm one of those people where i can't just for like a birthday give one gift i have to give like five because i'm like if they don't like any of these at least they got five presents but since dating you and i don't know unless you're just a really good actor which i don't think you are Okay. <laughs> Acting school did absolutely nothing for you. Yeah, there's a reason I don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, since dating you and gift giving with you, I feel like I am actually a pretty decent gift giver when the person that's receiving them is just an appreciative person. And that's a relief because normally opening your gifts most of the things you're saying are kind of getting ahead of getting ahead of what it seems like you think is about to happen which is me going like this is fucking shit izzy this sucks 
And well, it's, it's relieving to hear you to hear you be like, no, I feel like I'm a pretty good gift giver because it's like, yeah, you are. Like, I smell. You gotta tell you about how fucking fantastic the gifts are because they're fantastic. They're like perfect every single time. Well, it helps because you are so into like things. heartfelt and like homemade things too. Oh, where wow. I know that I can get you like things that you've been thinking about or things that you've mentioned or things that you really want. But I can also, like, make you something that you'll be, like, crying over because you just think it's really sweet. Um, and so that helps because I can give, like, ten gifts and eight of them are handmade things. And I'm like, oh, well, he'll like one of these. They're all good. Yeah. They're all good. There's one. There's a special one. The special one's in one of those boxes. Yeah. But for uh, advi- advice, mm-hmm. gift-giving advice, hopefully romantic, um, there's those websites where you can create your own perfume. And so it's something that has the quality of like a product that you buy, but you're able to put in the thought of something handmade. You create either a fragrance for the person that reminds them of you or you create a fragrance for the person that is you trying to like make that like this is like how I think of you this is what it's like this is kind of like how I how my experience of of how I feel about you with these with these smells um and so a little bit of explanation about kind of what your thought process was deciding on what stuff to put into that fragrance i don't know i would don't know any website and if i did i wouldn't shout it out because they're not sponsoring us <laughs> this, this, this is the first call for sponsors mm. and a little bit of shade to these fragrance sponsors for not doing it yet absolutely episode two but yeah i don't know the websites but like i think that's a good touch there's something about like a fragrance that feels a little bit more intimate totally although i would i'm i was like i wouldn't give a fragrance to like my mom or my boss and i was like i absolutely would do both of those things especially because malia and i talk about fragrances and i know what she likes but again intimate doesn't mean like sexual or romantic yeah but like you have an intimate relationship with a lot of people (laughs) five hundred thousand of them Um, yeah, and it, it depends what person you're gift giving for and, like, what their interests are. Like, I know with, um, with Jack, like, he's into, like, vintage stuff and different stupid cartoons and, like, shitty smells, so I can get... What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? So, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I can find him, like, a really unique perfume or cologne and i can find him vintage t-shirts that have like a cartoon or something that he like talks about or just is like a cool graphic if they're into books finding like old copies if you have a lot of money first editions Mm. Mm. you know things like that where old copies of records you can always um there's what websites on etsy for making um Getting, like, a record pressed of, like, a playlist that you made that is songs unique to your guys' relationship. There's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. Or something that takes that is a little bit less, um, maybe not thought, like, but a little bit less thought heavy um, is, like, looking at things they use every day and then just upping the quality of that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, whatever whatever is something they do in their routine that they wouldn't think twice about, but um, they still are going to come in contact with it every day. 
And if you, you know, get them a really nice version of that, whether it's something to do with their coffee or even like a fucking really nice toothbrush or something like that. Or like, I don't know if they have a specific kind of underwear they're like getting them like really nice versions of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, that was good. Lots of gift ideas that you could. That says, oh, I thought I I thought I misread this message. Really? Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't. Awesome. Yeah. All right, now you we're you, golden. You you sign off on this one. I I did it the last time you do. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. For calling. For calling. Love you. Love you, Hannah. For calling. For calling. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so our next set of questions is from ryan who gave us like 12 good questions to answer and we're going to kind of rapid fire through them so right now i'm going to ask the ones related to jack as quickly as i can and he's going to have two seconds to answer oh boy thanks for calling ryan jack how do you do your hair with pomade and sea salt spray is it ever undone yeah we, we ever see it undone probably i mean probably not there's been a couple times in a video where it was maybe once or twice too long what makes a good thrift store yes stocks but not busy okay oh in a rich neighborhood what is a hyper specific thrift target item or store doesn't matter um vintage white (laughs) t-shirts fucking lame that's all i got what are your favorite kinds of animal otter bear really otters and bears okay this is rapid what is a more detailed timeline of your travels through the years? I don't think I can rapid fire that one. Do it. Um, born, in, born in Petaluma, California, moved to Marin County, California, then was there for a while, and then I moved to Jersey City three days before COVID lockdown, and then months, and then COVID kept happening, and then I overdosed, and, and then I went to rehab in South Jersey. Too like long. 30 minutes What has led from- to those moves? <laughs> 30 minutes away from Philly and then I got out of rehab and I went to a sober house in North Jersey. I can't remember the town. And then I can't remember anything. I was on meds after rehab. I was a zombie. And then I moved to Brooklyn, a little apartment in Brooklyn. And then I moved back home to California. What makes us a fantastic match? Uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> How has your clothing style evolved through the years? Oh, bad, 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 bad. I mean, pretty good. How have you? How has? How have I influenced your clothing style? <laughs> um, more muted colors and uh, giving me the knowledge on vintage because I didn't really know anything. What's your take on the housing market? <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> That's my take. Don't. Do not. Where'd you learn your woodworking skills? The garage. Will we see them in the future? Yes. What's it like designing merch? It's fun. It's stressful. And either I have already dropped the ball multiple times on getting back to people. And it's so expensive to do stuff the right way. It's really shitty and expensive. I'm, I want to do bandanas. But the people I was going to work with on the bandanas, like, I don't, don't want to do because they're expensive as fuck. What is it like to see yourself go from normal to TikTok famous? That's not how Ryan worded it, but I think that's what he meant. How did Ryan word it? 
What was it like to see yourself as so normal but become so so relatable as to garner a large following for just being yourself? TikTok famous. I like to... I I don't... uh, I um... Fucking... It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's all the good things that you can imagine it is. And then I'm very lucky that I just don't have the brain that feels a lot of the negatives. Like Rebecca will talk about being like, I can't imagine like that many people looking at my face and just knowing, looking at a picture of my face or a video and being like 500,000 people are looking at this. She, uh, she's, she's like, I couldn't do that. I just a lot of that kind of stuff doesn't cross my mind for some reason. So I, you know. I think a big part of that specifically has to do with Rebecca being a woman. That's true. It's just like common woman you're, moment. You're lit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I've, I've never had to to deal with that kind of scrutiny, and so that's not the first th- thing that comes to mind when thinking about my my face or my body or my image. Well, lucky it's you. The same way that women have to. Sorry. No, you were. I was joking. No, you, no, you weren't. <laughs> so a good, I think, answer to that question is it was is pretty tight. What was your take on the Joe Exotic fiasco? Um, I watched Tiger King, on, uh, while I was high on a bunch of heroin. What's your take on dentists and how it never seems like it's a, like a visit goes well? Oh my God, I hate dentists. And then the most recent dentist that I go to is a little bit more expensive, but he just gasses me the fuck up. And by that, I don't mean tells me I'm looking good in my pants. I mean like fucking puts a bunch of nitrous nitrous oxide in my fucking noggin. Oh, it's so good. I got a root canal and I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel a thing. And he told me, he taught me something. He was like, did your dentist shoot you up with the no- with the Novocaine and then immediately start drilling? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's why it hurts. Novocaine is going to take like 20 minutes to actually numb you. So by the time they're done drilling, that's when the Novocaine starts to kick in. But they don't fucking give a fuck. So he shoots me up with the Novocaine. And he lets me just sit there and chill and wait and get numbed up. And then he fucking puts the gas on and he cranks it. Oh, yeah. One of my first dentists, they would say, okay, I'm going to give you this shot. And we have to wait 20 minutes. And then they would come back. And then a different dentist came into that office. And they gave me the shot. And they were going to immediately start working. And I was like eight. And I was like, aren't you supposed to wait like 20 minutes? And he looked at me like, how the fuck do you know that? Yeah. (laughs) Who's been giving out secrets? Yeah. It was wild. Did he wait? Yeah. Nice. That was the last question. Thanks, Ryan. What about the ones that pertain to you? There's like two. Not we'll, super important. We'll read them. Where did Izzy learn to become so proficient as a seamstress? YouTube and TikTok. What makes a good thrift? And what is your hyper-specific thrift target? I wanted to ask you that one too. Hyper-specific thrift target is vintage denim and knickknacks. What are your favorite kinds of animals, Izzy? Cats. And Excluding typical house pets. God? That's what he says. Oh, probably like a platypus. Or I really like deer. I'm going to cry. I love deers. I would get a deer tattoo for sure. Yeah, I love deer. I love deer. I want a jackalope tattoo with bunny with antlers. I like um, possums too. I really like possums and deer. Possum with antlers would be cool. I have a hyperfixation on antlers. I have a rat skull tattooed for a really long time. I was really, really, really into rats. I'm year of the rat, so. That makes sense. Also rats. Um, Where does Izzy come from? My name? No, like where your people. Oh, I'm from Southern California. No, I think it's your name. Oh, I'm Mexican. (laughs) 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 
makes you such a fantastic match. I see that one. You asking me? Yeah. Um, we're both funny. Oh, dude, some of these are for both of us. How have both of your styles evolved through the years? How have yours? Uh, my style has main like been relatively the same throughout the years. A lot of black. It's kind of gone more towards the Western style in the last like three years. Have I um, <laughs> influenced your style at all? Um, yeah, definitely. I think like I wouldn't have worn a bandana before meeting Jack. Really? Yeah. Not on my neck. Like I would wear bandanas around like my wrist or in my pocket or in my like um, belt loop. Hair? Yeah, and hair, but like never around my neck. That's weird because to me, wrist and belt loop are so much more extreme than neck. Oh yeah, no, never on my neck. That's interesting. Well, what's your take on the housing market? Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all the questions, Ryan. Thanks for coming back. We're sorry we missed you. (laughs) Love you. Bye. All right, on to the next question. Nico, we're so sorry that we missed your call. We were busy. (laughs) All right, so Nico left us a message and they said, hey, I hope you both are well. I wanted to ask if you had any... Thank you, Nico. I am well. I wanted to ask if you had any advice for me. No, I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm a recovering addict and I've been sober for a year and five months now, but I still feel like nothing's gotten better. I know if I went to have a drink, I'd immediately right, I'd be immediately right back where I was. Do you think there's any way to become someone who uses substances normally or will it be sobriety forever? I think I just quit from sheer willpower, but didn't do any of the work that comes alongside properly getting sober. Thank you. Well, props to you, Nico. Odds are, if you know that if you took a drink, you'd be right back where you were, then it will be sobriety forever. Um, I don't, I mean, like, I personally am not, like, AA sober, sober, sober. I abstain from my drugs of choice, which are all opiates and then benzos, because those are bad news, even though. I'm not like an actual huge fan of them, but I will do them a lot and bad and a lot and bad and they're bad news. Um, But everything else I just kind of don't use because it's not my cup of tea really, but it's not the same as like my drug of choice. Um, But regardless, it's like sobriety forever. I mean, like I I would say bet on sobriety forever. I would say choose sobriety forever because... as they say in AA, and I'm I'm not in the program now, but I have been for big long chunks of my life, and I I sing I sing the praises of AA everywhere. It's there, it's great. There's there's not a better way to get sober than AA. Um, I just am not a huge AA guy now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you're like I did this on willpower alone, um, and didn't do like the actual work of getting properly sober. I feel like you got your answer there, like. Go find a meeting and get a sponsor and do the work. Like it's it's so good for you and so helpful. Um, there's yeah, you probably. I mean, if you feel like nothing's changed, it sounds like you're what in AA they call a dry drunk, which is I mean you're you're not you're not physically drinking alcohol, but you still have all the same thought processes and habits and do the same behavior as when you were drinking, and that's what the that's you know abstaining is only half the battle than fixing 
you know, the, the addict or at least addressing the addict brain, um, is the rest of the battle. And it's much harder. No, I don't know about much harder than abstaining, but maybe just as hard. It's a lot of work. Um, and you will feel better and you're going to feel worse first. But honestly, for me, it's like the, the feeling worse because you're doing the work feels good. Cause it's like, what it's cathartic. And then you realize like, you know, I've been abstaining for however long I've been abstaining for, but I still feel terrible. But what feels terrible is the fact that you feel nothing. You're just a complete zombie, especially if you're like post rehab on like, um, on like medication and stuff. Like you gotta have a life. Like before my um, my relapse on on benzos, um, I was like full zombie. I had a full time job. Um, and it, but I didn't do anything. I literally went to work, worked, came home, and if I wasn't at work, I was laying in my bed on my phone. I would I like I barely ate, not for any like specific reason. Besides, it was more work than laying in bed. Like I was a full zombie because I just wasn't having a life. I wasn't I wasn't engaging in my life in any capacity more than I was when I was using. I just wasn't using. Um, so you got to do that. You got to, you know, find hobbies and passions and things like that and things to care about and things that give you purpose because you because you decided to get rid of your main purpose, which was getting fucked up. It's not a good purpose, but when you're using, that's the purpose. You're like, that's, that's all I care about. Now that that's gone, you got to find a new one or else you're just in limbo and limbo feels awful. That's why you feel awful. Um, and if you, if you can, there's ways to do the work on your own if you want to, um, but it's hard and addicts cut themselves slack and someone getting cut slack has never kept anyone sober. Um, and so a sponsor is great because they're, they'll be hard on you when you need to be hard on and they won't let you off, uh, you know, let, let you kind of slack or cut corners. Got to, got to do things the right way. If it's, if it's hard to do or difficult or scary to do, it's probably the right thing to do. So do that. And, yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like you know, you probably should get into some sort of form of quote unquote doing the work, um, and you'll feel better. You'll feel better. It'll eventually, you'll feel better. As far as um, being someone who uses substances normally, probably not. Probably not. I don't use substances normally. Like even though I'm not an AA sober guy, I don't use substances normally. Um, I do them. I do them like. Even stuff that wasn't my cup of tea, like the few times I would do it in my life, I would do it like an addict. I would want to do it alone and I would want to do it in excess. Like even though like uppers are not my thing, like I don't really have like a, a problem with uppers. They don't put me into this place that opiates do. The chunks of time in my life where I was like doing coke, I would literally just like be up till 4 a.m. on Omegle doing bumps for people. And I'd be like, I would like get a, a, like a fucking, you know, three frat dudes, two of them aren't wearing a shirt would come on and they'd immediately call me a faggot. And I'd be like, do you guys want to see me do a line of Coke? And then they'd get really hype about it. Um, that's not normal doing, uh, substances. That's, that's how an addict does substances, stupid and alone and weird. So yeah, if you were, if you were, if you were that person in the past, as far as not doing substances normally, odds are you won't be in the future. (sighs) (laughs) 
That was one long breath. <laughs> we should edit in right before me going. <gasps> <laughs> That'd be really funny. Do you have an opinion on this? Well, no, I was going to ask you um, a couple things from your perspective. Um, yeah. Specifically, just because my, sp- my perspective around addiction um, and sobriety I, I just don't have, like, a super personal, like, perspective around it. Um, but I've, you know, every serious relationship I've been in has been with either an addict or an alcoholic. And <laughs> in my family, it's, like, addiction just runs rampant. So it's been prevalent since I was a child. Um, but, and I probably, like, realistically, I think I do struggle with, <laughs> like, addiction issues. Um, but I'm able to you know, be with people that, that don't let me fall into those like areas. If I was living alone, I think it would be a very different, you know, story. But, um, my question for you is, do you not think that, um, like withholding from doing substances is like the hardest part of sobriety? Cause in my brain that like, or at least for me, like that would be the hardest thing is to stop doing it. It's, it's like, it's like a different kind of hard from the rest of what is hard about being clean. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a different kind of difficult, like abstaining from doing the drug you really, really, really like is difficult. Like, um, it's difficult, like lifting a car, like physically picking up a car. Whereas all the other stuff is difficult, like trying to build a car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One is a lot simpler. It's kind of just a big, stupid, ugly yes or no question. That's like such a fantastic way to break that down. Hell yeah. I love breaking stuff down. No, that's that's like, that's super brilliant. But the, but the rest of the, the, thank you, but the rest of the, the same staying sober stuff is difficult because it's complicated and nitty gritty and frustrating and yeah you can have all the right pieces and all the right tools um but you're only gonna have the know-how to use those pieces and tools after failing with those pieces and tools for a bunch of times like i can't even explain to you how perfect that answer was like that perfectly answered the gap in my brain about those two things oh yeah that was great for like that was like explaining it to a five-year-old like, yeah. i think you just need to talk to me like i am a toddler because that that literally answered that perfectly that was great awesome um you want to get some paw patrol maybe <laughs> <laughs> um and then the other thing i was gonna say about that that maybe you might disagree with or not is just that in my opinion and my like perspective of it and experience with it is that most people that have been addicts or alcoholics around me um, always think that they are the exception to the rule of I could eventually drink again or I could eventually dabble in this again when no, you can't. There might be a person out there that could um, but you can't look at it that way. You kind of yeah, have to. Yeah, you're not them. Yeah, you're you are you're not, not the exception to the rule. You are the rule. Yeah. Yeah. No, every every addict is gonna think that, every single one, and they're all wrong. 
We're all, we're always wrong. Yeah. It's never no. <laughs> no. Well, no, because if I what what I did is if I just switched no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you also think that um, people say when they like quit smoking or quit you know something that's addictive they find something else to be addicted to like some people become like gym junkies or yeah. like they chew gum like religiously yeah. have you felt like you found something else to be like this is my new thing not in the same way mm. not in the same way um i still have it's it's a lot more broken down like for me like for in kind of with what you're just saying a lot of people it's like they, they you know they stop drinking and then they become a gym rat and it's like all that energy they put towards drinking all that time they put towards drinking it's now put over there whereas for me it wasn't like i stopped doing heroin and now i and now it's this it's more so just the habits that i have in my thought processes processes that I used when I was doing heroin all got compartmentalized down to different little things. And so for some, it might be food or snacks or, and then for some, it might be work. And for some, it might be a certain way. I think when I'm driving my car, like a, a bunch of different little things, but it, it wasn't like a one for one replacement. It was definitely, it was a reallocation of addicts of, of an addict's brain. Yeah insightful thank you i try to be how long was i fucking talking for like a good eight minutes eight minutes yeah that's that's a fucking addict thing to do (laughs) (laughs) just to talk for eight minutes straight so god it might have been less good god it was it was a hot minute though but it was really good i think it was like super informative god i hope so and we can cut out whatever we need to. Have you ever been in a meeting? Someone shared for eight minutes. I wanted to shoot them in the head. <laughs> That's so funny. Eight minutes out of an addict's mouth is not the best. But people are listening to this specifically to hear you talk. I sure hope so. People aren't showing up to AA to yeah, listen they're, they're, to Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Nico, thanks for calling. Good luck out there. Love you. Bye. Our next caller goes by the name Jacob, probably probably from his parents. He says, all right, am I a beta for letting my girlfriend get a girlfriend? Yikes. Short answer, yes. (laughs) Anyway, let me talk to you about Alpha Brain. (laughs) We're both late 20s, three-year relationship, and we both recognize when she stares at women. She's always known she was bi. She's been in a couple lesbian relationships. Women as a whole are magical. I wouldn't be attracted to them otherwise. You would only be attracted to them if they were magical? Is that good or bad? Women maybe, maybe, women are magical. Maybe I do agree. He I, means that in a good way. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, if women weren't magical, would I be attracted to them? I think so, too. Women boobies are nice. I mean, men aren't magical, and I'm attracted to them. Women are magical, and I'm attracted to them. Am I magical? You are. But you are, like, borderline. I hear you. Thank you. Women can give her something I, as a man, cannot, obviously. So it only makes sense to let her enjoy women like I do. Not to mention I'm currently dealing with an anti-anxiety medication that kills my sex drive. She should be allowed to be sexually satisfied, even though I'm going through some shit that kills my vibe. Ultimately, I'd be frustrated if she found a guy to fuck around with. I can do the same thing he can, but I don't see it as a threat to have her find a girlfriend. Shrugging emoji. Um, sounds like, no? 
Sounds like no. Sounds like I disagree with the fact that you're using the term beta, but then the rest of it I'm on board with. Um, yeah, no, it's I, fucking, that's just, uh, it's, I would be careful with yourself. I would be making absolutely sure you're not putting her needs ahead of yours. That doesn't mean your needs need to be ahead of hers, but um, just making sure that things are equal and balanced and your mental health or your comfortability or, or uh, stability is not going by the wayside. Um, but if you're in a relationship that feels like keeping, like opening that up for her is something that you can do with, uh, respect and, and empathy for each other and with care, um, then that is a, a great thing to do. I mean, that's a, a facet of relationships that in a perfect world, everyone would be able to do, but it's not the case. I'm kind of not a person that can deal with that. Um, it, it, it really depends and, you know all that kind of stuff is very fluid but like if you are able to have a relationship where you are happy and she is happy both of you in the relationship with each other and with the decision to open things up for her um then more power to you if that just means that she is even more able to love you and care for you and you are even more able to love her and care for her bada boom bada bang bob's your bob's your mother's brother yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you can't compromise, like, your own rules and boundaries, boundaries. for what you think is going to make them happy and, like, stay with you, if that's what... Mm-hmm. If you think that if you don't say yes, she's going to leave you, so you're going to say yes, that's not healthy. Yeah. If it's something that she's also open to you doing as well, that's an important, you know, conversation to have too. But but ultimately, it can't be something that you're only doing because you're afraid of losing this person, if that makes sense. For it to be equal, for him, would his openness have to be with men only? Because right. hers is with women only? No, I don't think so. I think so. Well, that's my other kind of point with this, is that with a lot of, like, straight relationships, um, there's this idea that, like, oh, I'd be okay with my girlfriend making out with another girl, but never a guy. And it's like, why? Why? It's almost like diminishing the fact that your partner is also equally attracted to mm-hmm. the, the the same gender as them. And so you kind of have to look at that, too, of like, I get what you're saying as far as like, you can't offer to her what a woman could offer to her sexually. Um, but as far as relationships go, uh, it's not super... Like, I don't know, it just feels weird to me when, when people kind of refer to it that way. Of like, no, I hear you. Yeah. I know what you mean. There's, there's times where that kind of distinction comes from a place of, like, homophobia. Of yeah. being, like, you know, like, a gay men is disgusting, but gay women is cool. Yeah. Because, and that is, like, that is almost more validating to the gay men when someone who's homophobic feels that way. Yeah. Um, but... I don't think it sounds like it's coming from there with this person. I don't think, uh, like, consciously. I think it's something that is, like, internalized for most people. Gotcha. I don't think they're actively thinking it as, like, a homophobic way or, Mm -hmm. like, diminishing, like, their girlfriend's preferences. I think it's very internalized of, like, dig deep into the reason of why you're not threatened by another woman. Mm -hmm. I think it's valid to feel the way he feels um, about 
open with women versus open with men because he is a man and that isn't him making a distinction between men and women but more so making a distinction between himself and someone else yeah and that because he's a man and has his experience if it if they were opening it up for her with men um he would be able to more easily his brain would more readily put himself next to that person Mm -hmm. and that's like would hurt him whereas with a woman he doesn't feel like he's able to put himself next to that woman and compare in an unhealthy way so that gives him the freedom to open that up for her totally no i get that i think long answer short is that no you're not not a beta beta. You're an alpha. Yeah, you're an... Dude, yes, you're an alpha. You're a fucking badass, primal, raw meat, liver, lion pelt, testosterone, come man. I got hard just now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's kind of did something to myself. Not for any of it, just when I said come man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, disgusting. Oh man, did we did we uh, did we do good? <laughs> did we do good? I sir? think one more thing is yeah. if you feel uncomfortable at any point, you are 100% valid in withdrawing your consent to it and and saying I no longer feel comfortable about this. Facts. 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 And like she, she needs to, if she's caring about you throughout this process, when you're communicating a feeling, whether it's good or bad or fleeting, because sometimes it's like you have a feeling and you're like, let me not communicate this yet because I don't understand the feeling yet or the feeling's not fully formed yet. Um, but in a situation like this, I feel like go ahead and communicate the feeling as soon as you're feeling it, just with the caveat like hey, this isn't. Like, I don't feel this 100%. It's just a feeling that's happening. It's not, you know, the the banner above my entire experience of this. Um, and she can she needs to be able to take that in a way that is listening, but also understanding it's not set in stone. So just to allow that space for you to feel that feeling out loud so everyone's on the same page. And then that feeling is able to evolve and change and either dissipate or grow. Swag. Swag. Jacob, thanks for calling so much. Um, uh, Please call back again soon. We love you. Mwah. Mr. Come Man. Um, Okay, next question is from Katie. So Katie asked two questions, and these are pretty short, so we're going to kind of rapid fire through them as well. First one is, am I the weirdo or was my ex the weirdo? He insisted that it was normal to share toothbrushes if he forgot his when spending the night at my house. I hated it. IDK, why this came into my brain space tonight, but it did. Yeah, that that is normal to do. That's a normal thing to do. To share a toothbrush? Between significant others, if in, in extenuating circumstances. Yeah, that's normal. It's also fairly normal if that's something you're not into. But you're not allowed to say that the opposite is completely like crazy and no one does that. And uh, but it's like that, that is a no, that's a totally normal thing to do. But it's also pretty normal 
for some people to not be into that, to be like, I don't want to do that. I would only do that if it was longer than a day and there was no other way to get you a toothbrush. Why? I, it's purely a brain thing. Yep. Like I know that me and you kiss mm-hmm. and our mouth germs are together. Uh-huh. The idea of sharing a toothbrush is like foul. So me. then if you know all those things and you're okay with them, but the it's toothbrush. A, it's a brain is, thing. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a brain log- thing. It's a logical. Yeah. Cool. No, not, no. <laughs> I think it's very valid to be grossed out by it. A logical in that it, it doesn't line up with other things that you're not grossed out by that are presumably similar enough that the toothbrush thing should okay. fall into that category. I get, I get what you're saying, and yes, sure. I would also not drink your spit if you spit into a cup. That's but foul. You... Sorry? No, Sorry? No, no, nothing. <laughs> but what? No, I don't want to. Okay, I wouldn't drink your spit if you spit into a cup. But Same I, fucking concept. But um, if it was directly... Then yeah. Okay. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I absolutely hate you. Out of context. Yeah. Out of context. No, absolutely. Okay, so context yes, sharing a toothbrush is 100% valid to be like, no, I'm absolutely not doing that. That's gross. It's also valid that it is a normal thing to do. I wouldn't go as far as saying normal statistically right now from what we have i wouldn't go as far as saying normal right now statistically from the information we have it's 50 50 which means both are normal like i said i said both are normal two people i want to phone in a friend who 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 you phone a friend and i'll phone a friend i could call nicole our landlord Hey, Max, um, in the circumstance where you are dating someone and they forgot their toothbrush and they're staying over at your house, is it normal to for them to just use your toothbrush? Um, how long have we been dating? Like your boyfriend, girlfriend. Um... If they asked, I, I would, it would put me back a moment, but then I would say, if you, I still think it's weird, you know, I, like if it was me, I would just, if I didn't have my toothbrush, I would brush my teeth with my finger. Same. Um, I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think it's normal. All right, Max. It's understandable, but it's not normal. Okay, that's perfect. Kinda, that's kind of what I'm saying. Nope, that's not. I'm saying no. I'm saying both are understandable. Whatever. I'm not picking sides here. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't enough. really have a fixed opinion. And like, if my partner wanted to, like, like she was like, "I need to use your toothbrush." I'd be like, "Okay." Yeah. Bada boom. You're on the podcast, by the way. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to say to all the people? Um, no. Okay. But I, I have been trying to think of a question to ask you guys to send to you. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So, um, be looking forward to that. I am. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right. So I was right. Phone. No, phone your friend. Why do I have to phone a friend? I just won. We literally both said we will both phone a friend. 
Call your sister. Call your sister. I called my brother. You call your sister. And you have to give her the same context I gave him. In fact, can I ask her? No. Hello. Hey, Ronnie, don't be weird. So if you and John went out of town and John forgot his toothbrush and there was like no place nearby that was open and you could get a toothbrush, would you share your toothbrush? No. Why not? Um, I don't like to share. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> no. Ask John. Ask John if he would let you use his. All right, can you ask John the same question, but reversed? Um, he's busy. Okay, that's right. fair. Love yeah. you, John. Um, I can ask, ask him later. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and, and let me know what he says. Oh, okay. All right, thank All right. you. Can Bye. you phrase it and text it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Katie, you are absolutely not the weirdo. I don't think he's the weirder either, though. I'm just, like, not picking sides. It's one of those things where, like, with GIF versus GIF, I feel like I say both sometimes, but the difference between me and other people is that I don't correct other people. I don't go, actually, it's GIF, or actually, it's GIF. It's the same thing with this, then I'm like, it's totally fine if you are like, yeah, I'm fine with sharing a toothbrush with someone who I swap spit with on the regular. It's also fine if that's not something you're comfortable with. Backtrack all you want, Jack. I died. There's <laughs> nothing different between what I just said and what I said at the start. All right, whatever. Our next caller's name is Zach. Hi, Zach. Thanks for calling. Zach says, hi. Hi, Zach. Thanks for calling. I was wondering if you guys had any tips on setting boundaries with other people. I've had issues doing this in the past to a point where someone that I was talking to went behind my back and got together with my best friend slash roommate, and I even let her move in with us. I'm terrified that if I set boundaries that people are just going to leave. But that situation specifically bought me a couple nights in the Grippy Socks Motel, and I don't want to end up back there. I also recently met someone, and I'm worried that something's going to go wrong. Setting the boundaries isn't the hard part. It's upholding the boundaries that mm. is the hard part. Mm. Um, but here's the thing, is that once you set the boundaries... If this person crosses that boundary, you are no longer, like, reliable for the friendship or the relationship between you two. Because you set a boundary and they broke it. It's not on you. Yes. Yeah. That's you made I them mean. full aware. Yeah. That's on them, yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, but for them, what they said is the, di the difficult part for them is, like, they don't want the person to leave, I think they said. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a hard, it's kind of a, but, like a tough love situation of being like, if you set a boundary that isn't, isn't, you know, some crazy, is a normal ass, valid, respectable boundary and they yeah. leave, you don't want that person in the first place. Right. That, yeah. You, that's not the kind of person you want in your life. So we kind of need more like context on what, I guess, the boundary you're trying to set with that person is. With the new person. Yeah. Because setting a boundary with a person is never like a bad thing to do. Yeah, and the right people will see you do that with them and not take it as an affront, but as a sign of respect and a sign of closeness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, because with people that you're not close to, say if, say my boundary was talking about something in my past, 
if someone I'm not close to, if they bring that up, I like, ha ha ha, and then jujitsu this conversation somewhere else, somewhere I'm close with, they know, and I, because I specifically said, hey, I don't like talking about that thing from my past. You know, you kind of see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the, the right people will not punish you for setting boundaries that will reward you for it. Yeah. 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 Mr. Come Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Is there anything else that we need for them? No, I don't think so. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Zach. Thanks for thanks for calling in. It's a scary thing to do, but doing scary things with the right people is uh, you know, forever rewarding. Love you, bye. Um this one is from Allie, thanks for calling. Allie says, Hi, loved the first episode. I have a NSFW query. Not safe for work. Good job. Clap for Jack. Nationally syndicated fuck Wednesday. Uh, okay, so Allie says, So I'm married for a few years now and beginning to suspect my husband is asexual. Sex and physical intimacy is just not something he initiates often or puts a big effort into. I myself am bi with a moderate sex drive and I'm wondering if you have any ideas to encourage more intimacy without feeling like I'm guilt tripping him for his lack of initiative. For more info, the incompatibility in sex drives isn't a deal breaker for me. I don't feel neglected in the relationship and we truly love and care for each other in all other aspects. Would love your opinion. Thanks. My first thought um, is thanks for calling. And sorry we didn't get back to you sooner. My second thought is why is it something you are suspecting? You know what I mean? Is is this something that you're suspecting on your own? and Or is this something that you guys have talked about? Have you guys ever had a discussion about initiating intimacy? Have you ever had a discussion about what the the absence or present of initiative um makes you think or feel about yourself or about the relationship um because there's a solid chance that he's not asexual he just for him to feel comfortable initiating there's like a specific environment he needs to feel like is um fulfilled and you're not in a like a bad person for not doing that you just don't know what it is and it's specific um there's maybe some sort of really stark prior consent he needs to feel comfortable initiating sex or something like that so he might not be asexual might that might not be the thing it just might be there needs to be a, some communication about what intimacy requires to begin for him or at least on his end totally I think there's ebbs and flows in every relationship too. Um, and so it might not even be a matter of like him being asexual or not. And just more of like a dry spell in your relationship, which is, I would say, 99% of the time completely normal. Um, but I mean, the only way to find that out is through communicating again. I feel like almost every issue in a relationship can be resolved through proper communication. Anytime you're filling in the blanks as to, like, why something is wrong in a relationship, there's going to be an issue because you can't read their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a, part of the thing, it might not even be creating a space for him to communicate. It might be a thing where he isn't initiating as much because he is unsure of what you need to feel comfortable being initiated upon. It, you know what I mean? That there's plenty of things that aren't asexuality that could be informing his lack of initiation. And especially if he is uh, responsive to your initiation, um, then it's almost undoubtedly, in my opinion, a external, like, you know, third variable that is affecting when he feels uh, the need or the impulse or the go-ahead to initiate intimacy with you. And if it does, you know, turn out that he was asexual or he is asexual or just, you know, has a completely different sex drive than you, it's also good to communicate with him as far as, like, what you need um, and how you guys are going to meet each other's needs in that way as well. So you need to communicate to benefit yourself as well. Yeah, and, and, and that might... and that could probably help him on the other side like you communicating your needs clearly to him even if it's something that isn't the the main takeaway from that conversation will kind of more subtly lay the groundwork for him feeling comfortable communicating his needs to you Allie, thank you so much for calling we'll call but call back a uh, call back again soon uh, we love you the audience <laughs> Ooh. first fart yeah that was jack keep that in Disgusting. we're leaving that in no. 100%. We're not leaving your fart in. We're not. We have to leave the first fart in. We're not leaving your fart in. It was your fart. Now you're just fucking gaslighting me. Oh my God. You're the one gaslighting over there. That was good. <laughs> All right. This next message is from an anonymous caller. We have no idea what their name is or who they are. Should we make up a name? Sure. One, two, three. Starf. Barf. I said starf, you said what? Bald. Bald. Okay, let's try to get to the same word. One, two, three. Head. Gorf. Dwarf? Gorf. Gorf. You have to say a real word. Oh, we're now we're playing a different game. We're playing, a, say a real word until we get to the same word. And then that's the person's name. Yes. Okay. One, two, three. Mountain. Okay. One, two, three. Dandruff. Okay. One, two, three. Shampoo. Hair. One, two, three. Conditioner. conditioner. There we Thanks go. Thanks for calling, conditioner. <laughs> All right, conditioner. Um, let's get into your message. Conditioner says, hi, guys. I have a problem. For background, I have had a crush on my husband's best friend who I am close with for about two years. It, it's generally harmless, and I have no intention of acting on it unless everyone is cool with it. More important context is my husband is asexual and I am hypersexual. The friend is also hypersexual. We actually have multiple friends with asexual long-term partners who see other people in a sexual context. My problem is that this best friend recently moved in with us and my crush has gotten way worse. Still obviously not going to cheat on my husband, but I've been trying to figure out a way that I could be seeing our friend and it not be super messy. I'm fairly confident it would be super messy. But guys, he's so cute and so is my husband and I just want to be cuddled by both constantly. Help. For obvious reasons, don't say my username. Sounds like you have to talk to your husband first and you bring up your other friends that have this similar situation 
that's the second asexual husband on this episode. Yeah. Shout out asexual husbands. Yes. So yeah, sounds like you talk to your husband, you bring up your the friends of yours that are in these uh, open relationships, and you ask his thoughts on that, and you ask about his thoughts on that in regards to your relationship. And then from there, you know, either, okay, this is, I can then talk about, well, this person, or, you know, well, that's not on the table. So I have to put my dick in my pants and leave it at that. Yeah. See, I'm going to be like a hundred percent honest. I see 0% chance that that ends well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like people are capable of a lot of stuff in their relationships. Sure. And I'm not saying that open relationships have a 0% chance. I'm saying Pretty that... Pretty close, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that having a crush on your husband's best friend and wanting to act on that, the only way I would see that maybe panning out is if your husband also had a crush on his best friend. And some way you guys were managing that in, like, a three-way kind a of throuple. relationship. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine that ever ending well. I have a very good imagination. Yeah? Uh, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I could be 100% wrong. I just don't. I think for the average couple and for the average person, that just doesn't pan out. I don't know if they sound like the average couple. Why? Because um, uh, they have friends that are... Yeah, it sounds like they're in a community of people who's... Uh, ideas of sexuality and monogamy are um open-minded and very free yeah it's uh i think you're correct in thinking that that's there's no way to make that not messy um but if you were gonna go through it uh it would take a lot of trust and communication with your husband above all and it would i think it would be talking to your husband and then if you have any thought that there's anything negative he could feel about um your best friend being uh brought in in that way you don't even bring it up you leave it you leave it at that yeah um you can't approach the the conversation starting best friend yeah Yeah. so about your best friend it has to be yeah would you be open to blank 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 and then bring it in yeah and i would say before doing that make sure you're you really gotta cool it on the best friend as much as you can yeah um yeah i think if he's i think if it's if it's gonna be okay his it really depends on his relationship with his best friend it's either a really really close relationship where he would be like i'm totally okay with that because of how close i am with him or the kind of best friend where he's okay with it because there's like a, a kind of separation there between him and his best friend um but yeah that's that's either way it's uh, opening the door to a lot of mess a lot of mess for a little fuck so you know it better be worth it thanks Absolutely. for th- thanks thanks for calling conditioner stay uh stay hydrated and silky smooth our next caller goes by jenica yenica janisha janisa one of those howdy folks they say to preface everything i'm about to say i'd like to say that i am 22 years old i.e relatively young and aware of that nearly two years into my first ever relationship and stupidly in love the last few months have been really hard for my partner talking a close friend down from suicide being one thing on a long list of things that have happened 
and he's started to feel like he doesn't love me enough anymore. Again, I am stupidly in love and am a very expressive person, so I worry that the combination of stress-induced depression combined with seeing how much I love him all the time is what's making him feel this way, especially because he still wants to spend time with me, still wants the future we've imagined together, and is still comfortable sleeping naked together, but just isn't up for a lot of intimacy. I want him to be happy, but I worry that he'll make the wrong call since he's so stressed, and right now it feels like he's the love of my life, so I'm at a loss. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there, and thanks thanks for calling in. Um, I would say that the fact that he feels the way he does, he feels like he doesn't love you enough anymore, is coming from a place of guilt. And I don't know if that's coming from he might that might not be him feeling a feeling and expressing it. That might be and that that feeling being not loving you enough anymore. That might be more. I see how much my partner is giving to me and loving on me and attending to me and doing all that good partner stuff and intimacy stuff. And I don't feel capable of returning it. And so that is a, a, a pattern of behavior that then they are thinking that must mean I don't love them enough anymore. It might not be I'm not loving them enough. any. I don't love them enough anymore because I feel like I don't love them. You, does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's coming from a place of, of guilt about what they feel their current bandwidth is in comparison to yours. Uh, but the fact that they still want all the things that you guys talk about and do in the future and all that doesn't really sound like if, 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 if they truly felt love towards you, not enough anymore, like they, it was gone they wouldn't want that future. They wouldn't want the closeness that you guys still have. So I feel like to make them comfortable enough to work through that guilt or put that guilt aside so they can work through what they're going through, my my approach to it at least would be like, hey, like I'm here for you and I support you. I understand how you're feeling. Um, and like our relationship is good right now. It's solid. We can stay who we are and where we are and together and just kind of managing to allow a sort of stability in your relationship that gives him the space to take the bandwidth he does have and put it towards working on himself and getting through these difficult things he's going through without having to feel like guilt for putting too much attention towards that and not enough towards you. So like you can be a, like you can be his rock, his foundation with, but also manage to kind of get it through to him that you are for him taking his bandwidth and putting it there instead of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Being, being clear that you want to give him the space to do that. And that you don't feel slighted or neglected. Yeah. Because that sounds like he feels guilty. Yeah. I feel like I'm the devil and Jack's the angel on each caller's shoulder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because my first thought with this call is that if you're not getting like your needs met with this relationship either. And this person has communicated to you that they feel like they're less in love. That would be my first sign that it, it's kind of time to s start taking steps back, you know, steps away from the relationship. Um, even if 
that doesn't mean that you're not still there for them and able to support them through this time. Um, but, you know, being as young as you are and, you know, you're aware of that, you're only 22, this is your first ever relationship, it's likely that, you know, taking time apart from each other is maybe what you guys need. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, meant to be together, then you'll be able to support each other through whatever you're going through. And if you're meant to be together in a relationship then you'll find your way back to each other but when you get to this point where someone is communicating that they aren't feeling it they're not giving you what you need and you're still in this like go 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 kind of mentality of I love this person so much I want to be for be there for them you're almost pushing them away by being so like readily available in a really weird way it's Mm. like reverse psychology almost and so again communication but you have to be receptive to what they're saying too yeah if your partner tells you i'm falling out of love with you and maybe it is because of external factors happening in their life you still have to kind of accept that of this is what they're going through this is their truth and and i have to respect that and i have to take a few steps back and see where that lands you I think, yeah, I think both of these things can be true at the same time mm-hmm. um, as far as creating, like, giving him that, that foundation, that stability, um, and and that validate his feelings and give him that space and go ahead to um, deal with what he's dealing with while also taking a step back, both for yourself and for him. Um, listen to the hurt, you know, it's, it's a really difficult thing to hear, um, but taking it in and listening to it and creating that space for yourself and that will keep you safe and that will allow him the space to deal with what he needs to deal with and so that's two birds with one stone hell yeah and then going forward you can figure that that out you can figure that out then but for now he said something big so if nothing changes it's probably gonna fester there could be some sort of resentment forming either inside of him or inside of you so i would yeah the 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 next thing that needs to happen is the creation of space in my opinion mr come man (laughs) (laughs) thanks for calling love you this caller's name is robbie robbie says hello short time listener and first time caller love your guys' show great opening love that Ooh. With a little twist on a classic. Thank you, Robbie. That was good. That's good stuff, Robbie. I've got a very important question that I'd love your guys' advice on. I'm looking for inspiration for my next fursuit project, and I was wondering what your favorite animals might be. Is there any that you have a specifically deep connection to and why? Hope to hear back from you guys. Keep up the awesome work on the pod. The the, the little emoticon face that you expect from a furry, the, the colon three, and then a heart emoticon. Thank you for calling, Robbie. What's your what? You what's said, your answer? Thank you for calling. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for calling. Nothing gets past Daisy. Uh, we said earlier what our, you know, favorite non-traditional house pet, house pet animals otters are. and bears for me. Yeah, I think I think rat would probably be mine. Um, like a white rat. Yeah, just yeah. a rat like has a been New like... a rat that's that dirty brown. Yeah, more so that one. Really? People always, like, I've had multiple people put the rat, the white 
rat next to my name in their phone contact yeah, since I, I was like in high school. Since when when I first met started, you, that's yeah. the emoji. It was like the, the white rat has been part of my identity for, for a long time. But I think like the sewer rat is a little bit more like what I personally identify with. I like Mr. Pink. Do you remember Mr. Pink? I do, yeah. Did he die? Um, I haven't seen him in a while, but I don't think so. He probably died. Rats live like two years. Right, they don't need, live a Next time time. I see that girl, I need to ask her. Don't. <laughs> hey, did your rat die? People uh, get... No, I would say where is... I'd be like, I haven't seen Mr. Pink in a while. Yeah. I would assume if she comes in regularly and you no longer see the rat, that it probably died. She comes in pretty sporadically. Okay, then yeah. She has a, tat- what, a tattoo of Next the, episode, uh, let us know. She has, a, she has a tattoo of the Shel Silverstein, like, p- guitar playing itself. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so a rat. Yeah, probably a rat. But I do. I'm trying to think of like what animal would I want to see as a fursuit that is you. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that because I don't really want to see a fursuit. Are you gonna hate on our listeners' passion? Um. Uh, yes. I also imagine the fursuit of a rat looking like um Mr. Chuck E. Cheese. No, they can make it more pointy and good like a rat. You, what, you're going to hate on furries right now? No, I won't. Okay. Has anybody been to Chico, though? If you've been to Chico, you know that there's a fursuit guy that runs around downtown all the time. There's a, there's a furry that comes into my into my job in a fursuit. Um, although, initially we liked him, but then he started being rude, so now I don't like him. Mm. And then I, and then he kind of is a little gross, I think. No, I don't hate furries. It was just kind of like... It's a joke. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the ginger thing. You're like, gingers You're suck. Same with the fursuits. Fur I, like, I would make a fursuit just because it's like cool to make. It's mm. like an interesting school. Like, making any sort of suit like that, for, like for cosplay, when people do like characters that require that kind of suit, I mm-hmm. think is really cool. Like, it's very Jim Henson, like sculpting, yeah. uh, like the foam and stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I love, I love seeing, like, behind-the-scenes footage on, like, people making the Muppets and shit like that. I like that mm-hmm. medium. I have watched, like, a surprising amount of, like, videos of people making their fursuits. <laughs> so maybe I do have, like, a, a, little bit. a deep, like, underlying passion for yeah. furries. It's like, when, it's like when, a, when a priest is gay, but is, like, really anti-gays. Anti exactly like exactly that. Exactly like yeah. that. So I, I'd probably... I'd what, probably root what, for a rat. What they they they're looking for inspiration. A is rat it, would be a great fursuit. An otter fursuit. I feel like a bear fur fursuit bear. doesn't have a lot of possibilities. Everyone knows like fox, yeah, fox dog, raccoon, cat, raccoon. Raccoon's big. It's like those fuzzy gray animals are like yeah. or blue. Like they're always like blue or gray, or like green or red. I haven't really seen that as much. No, they're out there. Hmm. There's a there's a big thing now with like a like dinosaurs hmm. dinosaur fursuits some are a little bit more avian they that have, have like feathers, feathers? Yeah. Some, yeah some and Oops. then some are like more like furry dinosaurs mm-hmm. i'm not i don't think i'm a big as fan of those as i am of like regular ass fursuits anyway um otter i think otter could make a cool f- fursuit i feel like i don't see a lot of ferret fursuits it's difficult to achieve the length a ferret fursuit would be really cool yeah but it's difficult to make it feel like a ferret because it's long yeah ferrets are long and you're only just has like a long train or tail or yeah and then also somehow making the arms and legs visually seem shorter to make the torso seem longer yeah or just stretch yourself out Mm, be the ferret be the ferret we will call you back be the ferret that's our tagline be the ferret
Is that it? You could be Piglet. <gasps> Piglet as a fursuit. Oh my god. Half bald. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little bit inherently sexual, so maybe not. Yeah. A little bit. Ooh, what about a seal? A seal fursuit. Seals are cute and that they would lend be themselves really to fursuits. really cute, yeah. Yeah. That's good. A seal. That's good. I think maybe seal. Seal's up there for sure. We don't sure. see lions very often Penguin. either. Lion, no, the lions are there. Do you? For sure. Penguins. Have Penguin you, fursuit. I'm curious, um, caller, if you've watched the furry documentary and your thoughts on it. So send us a message about that. They probably have. I just want to know if it was like... The only word I can think of is derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did it paint the, your community in a good light? Yeah. Is it accurate or was it not? You know? Also, my thing is, because I feel like people with, like, when they when are with furries are like, it's not inherently sexual, but there's so, like, all of the furry shit I have not ever seen, but I see, I've seen a lot of furry shit. That I'm like, Jack has seen a lot of furry <laughs> stuff. It's a lot of it, I'm like, this is furry porn. Like, I'm looking at it. So that does exist in the community. Like I, Well, it's like brownies. We're not talking about brownies. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's its whole own, own other episode. I'm so sorry for comparing. But like, so I'm like, that does exist, but people are very adamant. They're like, but it's not inherently sexual. We just like it. Stop like painting us out to be like perverts or freaks or whatever just because of this. But it does. It is there. So like, is there validity to that being a part of the community, or is that like, or is there like a a sect of the furry community that is like excommunicated because they do like porn stuff with? Yeah, that's my question. Because I because I've I want to be respectful. We want to be respectful of the furries. Yeah. But we also want to sexualize them. So where no, is I the medium? I don't want to sexualize them. I want to see how they feel about the fact. About that... being sexualized. Yeah. And how can we do it? And is it. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> and is it, va- is it valid? Or do you like it? Or do you not like it? Or is, is it like. Is it frowned upon? Is it the people that do. That are furries. That are. Do sexual stuff. Are they like. You don't like them. Do you have to take the bottoms off? And then that, I feel like that takes you out of the immersion because then you're not full fursuit. Then you're like looking up at a fucking coyote's face looking down at you but sucking a human dick. But that means you would have to take off the top because it's not going to reach into the, the head, the big fursuit head. This is hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. We should get a grant. Yeah. Who's going to sponsor us? <laughs> not anyone now. <laughs> Thanks for calling, uh, you guys. And if you are listening right now and you weren't one of the callers and you want to something's on your mind something you're struggling with a good story a a bad story whatever it is uh you can give us a call at we will call you back on instagram next week what we're hoping for is some scary stories you guys got some scary some spooky some spooky yarns to spin uh or some questions about horror or or that kind of that kind of topic or dealio let us know we'd love to hear it um love you i love you I hate you. Cool. Devil angel thing going? Mm, Nice. All right. Well, thanks for calling, you guys. See you next time. Thank you for listening to We Will Call You Back. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button now.
or select from the following menu items. To like the show, press 1 or hit the like button. To subscribe, press 2 or hit the subscribe button. To submit your question to the show, hang up and direct message us at we will call you back on Instagram. Goodbye.